out. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode here at the Home Recording Made Easy.com podcast. This is episode four. We are at the end of March of 2022. This time out, we're going to answer some of your questions. This episode's all about subscriber questions that have come in through email and YouTube and Facebook and Instagram. I kind of compiled some questions. We're going to go through four or five of them today to answer all your questions. This episode, so if you want one of your questions answered in our upcoming podcast, make sure you send an email to info at homerecordingmadeeasy.com with your question, and I would be glad to help you. So that's what we're going to do this time. So sit back, relax, get yourself a cool drink, and let me answer some of your questions and try to help you right here on the homerecordingmadeeasy.com podcast. Well, well, welcome back again to another episode of the Home Recording Made Easy.com podcast. We took a month off. This is episode four. The last episode, episode three, was at the beginning of February. And I was supposed to do one at the beginning of March, but life gets in the way, business gets in the way. And so I'm a little late this time, but don't have no fear. We're going to continue on with the podcast. I want to welcome you all back. If you're here on YouTube, hey, everybody, I'm waving to you here on YouTube. If you're listening to this on Spotify or Apple Music, or wherever you consume your podcast and you're just listening to the audio, welcome as well. So as I said, we're going to answer some questions this time around. The way we're going to kind of format this podcast moving forward is we're going to do two episodes back to back where we, I talk about something very specific, home studio related, different topics and such. And then every third episode or so, we're going to do subscriber and follower Q&A. So if you want one of your questions answered in an upcoming episode, make sure you go to homerecordingmadeeasy.com, click the contact link, and go ahead and send me off your email and let me know what your question is. Now, I will say, just so uh, I can help as many people as possible, especially all my Studio One users, because I have a lot of followers that use Studio One, and a lot of the questions that I get are around Studio One. Now, I probably get somewhere in the neighborhood of 15 to 20 emails a day from people, different questions around their home studio, which is great. Keep in mind, I can't answer everybody's question every single day all the time because I would never get any work done. So here's what I want you to do. If you are a Studio One user in particular, and I get lots of questions on how do you do this in Studio One? How do you do that in Studio One? I'm brand new to Studio One, Dave. How do I do this? I'm not sure where to find that, Dave, blah, blah, blah. I've created some Studio One courses on my website to help you people so you can get the information faster and get more effective and get up and running more quickly with Studio One. So if you have not done so already, go check out the PreSona Studio One Beginner's Guide. All the links will be in the description box below or in the show notes below. Go check out the PreSona Studio One Beginner's Guide. If you are brand new to Studio One or have very little experience with Studio One and you want to learn how to navigate Studio One, how to find things, how to use most of the basic common features for mixing and recording and mastering in Studio One, the PreSona Studio One Beginner's Guide is for you. I would say probably 60% of the questions that I get related to Studio One and how to do, I cover all those things in the course. So go check that out for sure. Now, if, you, if you're into mixing and into recording and you have some recording-related questions or mixing-related questions as it pertains to Studio One, again, I have two more courses for you. Mixing in Studio One Made Easy and recording in Studio One Artist Made Easy. So between those three courses, you have everything you need. And I mean everything 
to get up and running in Studio One very quickly with no fuss and no muss. You're going to get your answers much, much, much faster than sending me an email. Okay. That's why I created those courses because I took all the most common asked questions and put them in those courses to help people because I honestly, I just don't have the time to respond to each and every one of you. I'm going to try to respond to them on the podcast episodes, as I said, but if you need something right away and you really want to learn how to use studio one, go check out those courses. The other resource that you can use, which again is absolutely free, is the PreSonus user form. Go over to PreSonus.com, go to the user form and post your questions there. There are plenty of great people that are willing to help. And there's also multiple Facebook groups around Studio One as well. So there's a lot of places to get answers, but I want to try to let everybody know that because I just don't have the time to answer all the emails. I wish I could, but I just can't. <laughs> so that's what I'm, that's why I created those courses and those are some resources for you. So once again, but if you feel like you want to ask me a question and you want me to put it into one of the podcast episodes, feel free to do so. So let's jump on in now to our first question. We have, what do we have Four four questions this time around. I'm going to read the question here. I'm going to give you some answers. And again, these questions, I will tell you, come in multiple times. They are repeat questions. So this is great. So hopefully this will help you. Question number one comes from one of our YouTube subscribers, Grace Dixon. And Grace asks, I have a US uh, uh, audio box USB and it won't let me change the block size on my PC. What can I do? Okay, so if you uh, watch any of my YouTube videos or, oh, that's another great resource. I have 800 YouTube videos. A lot of them around Studio One. It's another way so you can get answers for free. And here's one that I've covered, Grace, a bunch of times. I have at least two videos on YouTube talking about the block size, the buffer settings, and those things. A lot of times it has to do with latency and such. Now, on a Mac, you do it right in the Preferences, Studio One Preferences page. On a PC, you do it through the Universal Control app. And PC and the Mac version of Studio One are slightly different. They're almost identical, but there's a couple of differences. This is one of them. If you wanna change the block size of the buffer setting on your AudioBox USB, you do it in the Universal Control app. If you are on a Mac, you do it on the, um, you go to Studio One, or you go up to, yeah, up to the top left-hand navigation bar, go Studio One, Go to preferences and you'll see where you can change your block side there. So thanks very much, Grace, uh, for writing in. And again, I have this on YouTube as well, these videos. Question number two comes in again from YouTube. Uh, the member's name is Speedsoft. Speedsoft, thank you so much for writing in. Here's another audio box USB question. Hi, Dave. I just registered my audio box USB and I can't find the Studio One Artist download in the product comes with this list in my PreSonist account. Is there anywhere else I can find it? Should I be contacting support or am I just being forced to, to, to subscribe to Studio One Professional? Thanks so much for writing in Speedsoft. No, you are not being forced to subscribe to Studio One Professional. Under your my PreSonus account, you've registered your audio box 96 and it should come, it is there. Maybe you're just not looking in the right spot, but under that, it will say this product comes with, and you should see the Studio One Artist download. If for some reason you do not see it, you want to contact PreSonus Tech Support. Couple of things might be happening. Well, if you registered it, then it's then it's it's a brand new unit and it's never been registered before. I was going to say if you bought the unit used and someone has it registered under their name, it won't even allow you to register it. But it should absolutely be there. All the US AudioBox UAB USB 96s come with Studio One Artist. At least they did. Again, PreSonus is 
in all companies, they're always changing these kinds of offers. So it could be, it could be also Speedsoft that maybe your audio box USB 96 only comes with the free version of Prime and maybe it doesn't come with Studio One Artist. I'd be surprised by that, but I would contact PreSonus. If contact them, it should be there. If it's not there, they will help you. But the answer to your question is no, you're not being forced to subscribe to Studio One Professional. Absolutely not. Okay, so hopefully that answers your question. Question number three comes in from Henry Morse. Henry, thanks so much for writing in. And Henry writes, I currently am very fortunate to have two UAD X8P interfaces, an SSL UC1, and an SSL US8. So for folks that don't know, the two UAD uh, eight, X8Pres are the uh, Universal Audio Apollo eight channel audio interfaces. He has two of them, so he has 16 mic pres. He has the SSL UC1, which is the control service for the, for the version two of the SSL native plugins, the channel strip and the bus compressor, and an SSL UF8, which is a dog control, surface control, really cool. Let's continue. I primarily use Luna, but I also have Logic Pro. I have way too many plugins, like just like everybody else. My first question is, first, using the above components and software, is it possible to emulate or achieve the sound of an SSL origin? Would I just employ the SSL 9000J on my buses? Thanks very much, Henry. Well, Henry, that's great. Okay, so I have an SSL origin sitting over my shoulder. You can't see it because it's behind me, but it's there. It's over there. Um, and so I'm very familiar with the sound. You got some great gear there. You got two wonderful audio interfaces. The Apollos are fantastic interfaces. The SSL UC1 and the UF8 are great products as well. Now, if you want to achieve the similar sound to an SSL console, you're saying the origin, but it could be, an origin is based on a 4000 E series. So you can use, you have the UAD um, Apollo. So you have universal audio plugins. You can use their 4000 E channel strip and put them on all of your tracks. And no, you want to put them on more than just your buses. You want to put it on every single track, just like you would on a real desk, channel one, channel two, channel three, channel four, channel strips across everything. That gives you the ability on every channel to take advantage of the emulation preamp to the console, the gate, the compressor, and the EQ. That's the way to do it. Now, I will say, Universal Audio channel strips, the SSL in particular, takes a lot of DSP. So what that means is depending on the size of your session, let's say it's 24 tracks, you do have two X8Ps. You may or may not have enough DSP in those boxes to put 24 channel strips on. They're really in, uh, DSP intensive. Now, how do you get around that? Well, you don't have to use universal audio. You can use, let's see, anybody. Do you have any other plugins? You can use anybody. You can use the, um, go to Plugin Alliance. You can use their 4000 SSL channel strip. Very low on DSP. You could put that on 50, 60 tracks if your computer is a halfway decent computer. And you can use them in Luna. Luna will use third-party plugins as well as Logic Pro. Uh, you can also use, let's see, who else makes a really good SSL channel strip? Waves makes a great SSL channel strip. The CLA Mix Hub is a fantastic emulation of Chris Lord Algae's uh, SSL 4000 G plus, I think he has, which again is very similar and design as the SSL origin. So the trick is you want to put a channel strip across all your tracks and you want to use the SSL bus compressor plugin. 
um, on your track on your master bus, <clears throat> and that will give you a good starting point to emulate an SSL console. So I hope that helps you, Henry. Thanks so much for writing in. Next question comes from Don Lang Land Landry. Thanks, Don, for writing in. Uh, let's see. He says, great video and thanks for the review. As a Studio One professional user, there are many stock plugins that I have yet to experiment with. Question. This is a two-parter. Question one. Are there any Studio One stock plugins that you have used that are awesome and should be used in mixing? And number two, second part, uh, of all the third-party plugins you mentioned, Slate Digital is one of your favorite manufacturers. So if uh, if one were to subscribe to their all-access pass, out of all of them, would the Slate be your first choice? They have a $9.99 monthly special for the all-access pass. Thanks, Don. Okay, Don. Well, thanks for writing in. So question one. Studio One stock plugins, are any of them awesome that they should be used in mixing? Well, I mean, awesome is a relative term. Again, I guess it depends what you're going for. Um, there are, they make really good stock plugins. I mean, and if you take any of my, let's see, I have a few, well, if you take mixing in um, Studio One Made Easy course, uh, the first half of that, that whole course is mixing with stock plugins, okay? If you take my free VIP course on the website, Home Recording Made Easy, get your free mixing course, I do all that with stock plugins, it sounds great. So all of their plugins are really good. You know, their compressor's good, their EQ's good. I really like the red light distortion plugin. Um, so they're good. They make great stock plugins. For stock plugins, they make just as good stock plugins as any other DAW. Okay. Now, out of all the third-party plugins, you said that Slate Digital is one of my favorites. It is by far. If one were to be subscribing to one of these plugin manufacturers, All Access Pass and Plugin Alliance has the has a membership. Slate has a membership, and there's others. Um, which one would I choose? I tell everyone, hands down, Slate. Slate Digital All Access Pass gives you everything you need to emulate an analog style workflow and sound. Hands down, period, full stop. Um, is Plugin Alliance great? Yes, they're great. Is Waves great? Yes, it's great. But for bang for the buck, you can't get better than Slate Digital All Access Pass, in my opinion. They don't make a bad plugin. They got everything from compressors and EQs, tape machines, mastering limiters, uh, compressors. Um, you know, reverbs, delays, de-essers. I mean, the list goes on and they don't saturate in different plugins and they don't make a bad plugin. They just don't. Um, every plugin they do sounds great. Um, and so, and when you get the all access pass, you get, you know, all their free updates. And as they release new plugins, they're all free. They're all part of your membership. The membership cost doesn't go up. He normally releases one to two plugins a year and they're all good. Um, so I tell everyone when you're ready to graduate from the stock plugins and you want something more with some different tonality and those kinds of things, I tell everyone best bang for buck slate digital is the best way to go. Um, there are others that are out there, but if you're looking for a one-stop shop, I say slate digital to everyone. I've been an all access pass, uh, member since they came out. I was using slate digital plugins from the very first plugin that he ever put out. Um, and I, I'm a loyal fan of his, he, he doesn't know who I am. I'm not affiliated by with him in any way, shape or form. I don't get anything. If you sign up, it doesn't matter to me one bit. Um, but that's my honest opinion. But what I will say, we talk about the stock plugins, um, again, before you go into using third party plugins, okay. No matter who the plugin manufacturer is, we're talking about mixing. 
you want to have a really good fundamental understanding on how to use both EQ and compression, right? And get great balances, great sounds, great sounding mixes with your stock plugins because you can, you can, yes, you can achieve that, okay? If anyone tells you that you can't get a great sounding mix with stock plugins, whoever tells you that information, I would tell you to turn in the opposite direction and run as far away from that information as humanly possible because that particular person has no understanding of what they're talking about and they don't understand the craft of mixing. And that's the truth. Why would someone use third-party plugins instead of stock plugins? Well, that's a topic we could talk about in a second. However, again, stock plugins is where you wanna start. You wanna have two basic understand, you wanna know the two things you wanna know and be able to know it like the back of your hand is EQ and compression. The last episode of this podcast, I talked about the two most important tools of mixing and what are they? EQ and compression. So once again, like just like the PreSona Studio One Beginner's Guide and the mixing course, I have two courses for beginners that are absolutely essential if you wanna get decent and great sounding mixes. EQ Made Easy and Compression Made Easy. Links will all be in the description box. Go out to homerecordingmadeeasy.com. You can get them. And if you stick around to the end of this episode, I'm gonna give you a discount code so you can get those at, at a discounted price or any of the courses on the website. But that's where you wanna start. You wanna start with EQ and compression, and I suggest you take them in that order. EQ first, compression made second. I spend a few hours in each one of those courses going over the stock EQ and the stock compressor in Studio One, but this would apply to any DAW. And then we also get into third-party plugins as well, so you could hear the differences. Once you have a good handle on EQ and compression and can get a really great sounding mix with your stock plugins, then and only then, when you want something a little different, when you want a little bit of a different sound, when you want to try to cop the sound or the tonality or the textures of maybe some of your favorite records, that's when we talk about third-party plugins. And some people even go a step beyond that and start talking about hybrid mixing and analog gear and all that stuff. But it starts with the third-party plugins because... The records that you want to cop and your favorite sounds and stuff that are mixed professionally are no, 99% of them are not mixed commercial releases or not used all stock plugins. I know a lot of people don't want to hear that, but that's the case. Does it mean you can't get great sounds with stock, with stock plugins? No, of course you can. But if you want something different, you go to third-party plugins. And as we said, Slate Digital is a great option, a great option. But so is Plugin Alliance, Universal Audio Waves. They're all good. But just like with your stock plugins, learning EQ and compression, when you start jumping into third-party plugins, there's a whole different kind of a mindset and kind of a working mindset and workflow that you need to understand when you're trying to emulate something like, you know, um, you know, an SSL origin, like the like the last uh, uh, subscriber asked, and you want that more analog workflow and sound. There's a whole philosophy and a process that you need to go through and understand on how those third-party plugins work. How do the channel strips work? How do the tape machines work? How do the saturation plugins work? There's a lot more involved. And guess what? I have a course for that too, <laughs> called Mixing When Analog Style Plugins Made Easy. If you have a single third-party plugin in your arsenal or you're thinking about buying them, don't buy the plug until you watch that course. It's over 20 hours long. It'll be the best education that you will get on how to use third-party plugins effectively, okay? So again, I have something for training for you guys, for everyone. 
not to mention his 800 YouTube videos that you could comb through for absolutely for free. Okay, Don, so I know it's a little bit more than probably what you asked, but it's a great question, and I know a lot of people ask that same question. Okay, so those are the four questions that we're going to answer this week. I want to thank you so very much for joining me this week. Now, as I forgot to mention at the beginning of the podcast, I want to make sure I give you guys a special discount coupon code because you stayed all the way through till the end. So in the show notes below or in the description box below, depending on where you're listening to this podcast, if you use the coupon code podcast 30, that's podcast three zero, that will take 30% off any training course on the website. You just use it at checkout. So if you want to get the PreSonus Beginner's Guide or Mixing in Studio One or Mixing with Analog Style Plugins or EQ Made Easy, Compression Made Easy, whatever, <laughs> Podcast 30 will take 30% off. Don't pay full price. Get your discount today. Okay. Mixing is something that you need good quality training and you need to spend the time to learn how to get good at it, but you can get great at it. And then one last thing, and we'll end this episode. If you really want to get into the craft of mixing, we had a couple of mixing questions this week. If you really want to learn how to be a better mixer beyond the courses, and you want even more training. I highly encourage you to check out my mixing training website, mixingmadeeasy.net. All the links will be in the description box below check out mixingmadeeasy.net. There's a video there telling you all about it. So I'm here to help you in any way I possibly can. So I want to thank you so very much for listening and for watching here on YouTube this week to our podcast. Once again, make sure you click all the links in the show notes below, get all your courses at a discount, send me your uh, questions via email. And until the next podcast episode, I've been Dave with homerecordingmadeeasy.com, mixingmadeeasy.net. Thank you so very much for listening and for watching, and I'll see you next week. Take care, everybody.